Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And this show was presented by Mercury Mile. Mercury Mile is fusing fashion and function for runners of all abilities and doing it in just three easy steps. Go to mercurymile.com. Set up your preferences, your sizes, and they'll send out a box of running goodies to you. You keep what you love. You send back what you don't, and it's not a subscription service. You just get a box whenever you want one. I usually get one for every season. And this week, I just got the email newsletter that they always send out, and they were highlighting a lot of their Brooks running gear this week. And actually, a former guest, Karen Howe, shared with me that she actually got some of the leggings that they put out, and she was a huge fan. So there you go. Check out mercurymile.com and use code RAMBLINGRUNNER10 at checkout to save 10 bucks. Also, big ups to Megaton Coffee for sponsoring the show. I love Megaton Coffee. I'm on their monthly plan. They send out the coffee once a month to me. One last thing I need to buy at the grocery store, and I love this stuff. So go to megatoncoffee.com. You can either buy as you know as much coffee as you like or you can set up the monthly plan and if you use again rambling runner 10 you can save 10 percent. so those are the codes check out those sites they've been sponsoring this show for a long time and i can't thank them enough for doing so so this is my first coach's corner episode where i'm the coach usually the coach's corner episode is my coach talking to me and i will continue to have those moving forward but in this episode, I talk to an athlete of mine, Seth Baird. So we had a pre-race conversation about two weeks ago leading into the Charlotte 10-miler. And you'll hear exactly what the pre-race setup was. And then in the outro, I'll let you know how Seth did. So I hope you like this episode. And if you do, let me know. And I'll continue to put out some of these in the future. So... Here's my conversation with Seth Baird. Hey, Seth, how you doing? I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing great. Excited for you. You getting excited for uh, the race? <laughs> Nervous, but excited, yeah. Yeah, getting those jitters. They're settling in now quite nicely. Oh, nice. Well, I'm, I'm excited for you. That's for sure. Um, so let's just go into it a little bit. So first of all, how have you felt this week? This week, I felt pretty good um, towards, actually, to be honest, I'm aching a little bit in my left hip right now, but okay. throughout the week, um, I've been feeling great. Um, had a lot of strong runs early on, um, but yeah, it's kind of settling in now, and I don't know if it's just kind of in my head a little bit or, or what, but overall, I'm feeling good, though, and I'm, re- I'm ready for it. Right, because it was bothering you a little bit, what, about a week and a half ago, and then it's felt good since then? That was actually the right hip then. Um, it was okay. more that hip flexor. And now I'm kind of on the outside of my left hip. Um, not like really, I kind of twingy a little bit, but I think it'll be okay. Okay. I wonder if you were compensating a little bit from the right hip and that, then just like an aggravated on the left side. That definitely could be it. Yeah. Now that okay. I think about it. Okay. All right. Well, definitely something to think about. But like you said, sometimes the day before the race, you can get those little nerves in you. Um, but, you know, we don't want to do any lasting damage. So if it, if it starts to really bother you in the race tomorrow, um, you know, you, you don't, there's going to be a difference between uncomfortableness and, the, and, and, and pain and injury. 
You know what I mean? So you want to yeah. kind of know where you fall in that line. Um, so we don't want, actually, we don't want to be injured or anything like that. We want to kind of keep the train moving. Um, Absolutely. So that is interesting that it popped up. Uh, so we've, you know, gone, gone pretty low key the past few days, you know, to get you, you know, nice and ready to go. So how did, how did the pace feel um, when we did those mile repeats earlier in the week? Let's see the repeats early. That actually felt really good. Um, that warm up that you had me doing now, um, I think that really makes a difference because before I wasn't doing any real warm ups before running, I was kind of just diving into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it felt really good. The last two felt great. Um, to be honest, listening to music has kind of thrown me off. And so <laughs> I had to toss the headphones and I was able to find a little bit better rhythm after that. So that made a big difference. Wonderful. And how was your breathing during those repeats? I definitely noticed it was, I wouldn't say labored. It was kind of kind of right before labored breathing. Um, mm-hmm. I was able to kind of spit out a couple of words here and there. Um, but that extended warm up has really made a difference during those kind of faster paced splits, um, being able to kind of keep my breathing nice and easy. Yeah. And I think that not only is the, especially the, when you throw the stride up, not only does it get your body ready for that increased tempo, but it also gets your lungs ready. So even if say you were actively warmed up, um, but you never did any striders or anything like that, what would happen is it would kind of be like a shock to your lungs a little bit in the beginning. You'd have to get used to the breathing hard aspect, especially, I mean, we did those mild repeats at threshold pace, which shouldn't be too taxing on the lungs. But if you were, say we were doing quarter mile repeats, you really want to get the lungs going ahead of time so that when you dive into the, into the workout, you know, you're ready to go. And it's not a shock to your system or anything like that. And oftentimes if you don't do it, your first one can feel really hard as your body gets used to the effort. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of progress into it and it starts to feel easier and easier, even if you start speeding up a little bit, which is, this sounds counterintuitive, but can happen from time to time. So the, the effort, I would say the pace you ran those mile repeats was a little bit, a little bit under sub 640 for the last one, which I think was perfect because how you described your breath is exactly what threshold pace should feel like. So threshold pace is what you would be able to handle in a race. Ideally, say for an hour long race, if you're ready to go, you know, you're tapered and you have fresh legs and you're just ready for the race. So it's that, it's that feeling of, about to start breathing hard but not quite you can say five or six words in a row if you're running with a friend but then you'd have to take a couple breaths and before you could kind of start talking again yeah that sounds about spot on it was almost just slightly uncomfortable right but able to maintain that that's kind of how i felt great oh that's perfect because that's exactly the pace that we want to do for this race Okay. okay. So when I say pace, that's not quite right. That's the exact kind of effort that we want to do for this race. Okay. Because basically this race is going to be a little over an hour and we'll, we'll get into race strategy in a second, but okay. so it's not necessary. I don't want you going to be clock watching on your watch um, from a pace perspective. Um, say the middle, say the middle seven miles of this race, because that's where it's flat. And you're really going to be able to kind of get into a nice rhythm. I want you to more to be dialed into that same feeling or similar feeling that you had in those mile repeats of 
almost breathing hard, but not really. And that's, that's a level that you should be able to maintain for, you know, again, about an hour, as long as you're, you know, physically healthy and, you know, you are, you know, you're, you're, we didn't do a lot of miles this week, so you don't have a lot of mileage on you right now, which is good. Okay. So as long as the hip feels good, you should be able to hold that pace, that roughly 645-ish pace for about an hour, which is exactly what we're going to be thinking about today. So um, especially looking at some of your 800-meter workouts that you did before we start working together, I think this pace is going to be really good for you. And looking at the race results from previous years, this race should have you, you know, in the top 50 or so runners in this race, which is pretty big considering that it's a very popular race. And also looking at say the women's fields over the past mm-hmm. few years, it would put you in say one of the top five women if you were okay. like running their race. So just from a perspective of how do I fare against this field, you never know who's going to show up, but that's roughly, you know, the, the caliber of, of race that we've seen in the past couple of years. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So from a race strategy standpoint, it's like, I love this race setup because it's really going to, it's really going to benefit people who go in with a plan. So the first mile, it's going to basically, if you look at like the mile elevation change from the first mile, it's, it's going to be zero because you're going to go down and then up. And basically at, at mile one, you'll be at the exact same elevation that you were where you started the race. Okay. But these downhill starts, can be really problematic for oh, certain cool. people. So you told me before that you have a, a penchant for going out too fast, which oh, I can yeah. relate to. I do the exact same thing. So here's what we don't want to do. We definitely don't want to go out too fast for this race. Okay. So what I want you to consider doing in the beginning is even though you may finish in the top 50 of this race, I want you to be, to situate yourself at the starting line, like, somewhere between 100 and 125 kind of positioned wise. Exactly. Cause okay. what I don't want you to do is first of all, everyone's going to go out too hard. Okay. Everyone's going to be amped up to go. They can't wait. They're going to be going downhill. They're going to see people running past them. They're going to speed up all of those traps that can happen in a race. It's one thing for it to be a 5k Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it's like, all right, well, I'm going to be redlining most of the way anyway. Who cares? We'll just try to get some, some speed here. I, don't, I wouldn't suggest that anyway. But for a longer race, you definitely don't want to burn a match right away. Okay. So I think the ideal situation here is, is to look at people who are passing you in the beginning or people who are feeling really good. And they're like, all right, I'm going to make it happen. They just shoot out. I want you to think of those people as if they're running towards an April Fool's joke. Okay. <laughs> don't be competitive with them. I want you to think like, okay. I know something that you don't know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So let them go. All right. Again. So you're going to run comfortably at the start. Okay. It's a downhill. So you definitely don't want to run slowly. You want to run, you know, quick feet, have a high cadence. Okay. You don't want to be, you know, heel striking down the hill with the brakes on and trash your legs early in a race. That wouldn't make any sense. Okay. I want you to run comfortably, but I don't want you to run hard. Okay. And I I definitely don't want you to feel like you need to hit that breath point that we talked about. I don't, you're not going to hit that in the first mile, especially in the first half mile. That's going to come later in the race. Okay? Okay. So you should not be breathing hard in that first half mile. 
should be relaxed. Kind nice of just... and relaxed, feeling good. You should be able to take a lot of breaths through your nose, but you're excited, right? You're not, this isn't an easy run. You're going to feel good. You're going to feel confident. You're going to run, you know, with some swiftness, but you're not going to be breathing hard. No way, Jose. Okay. Okay. At the half mile mark, that's when you're basically going to have a, a mile long incline. Okay. Okay. So it's not yeah. going to be, it's not going to be a huge hill. Okay. But it's going to be an incline and it's going to hurt people. So it's going to hurt like the high schoolers or like the 12 year olds who like will come just... flying off the, the start line and they're just going to want to like eat pavement. And then, yeah, yeah. and then they're going to hit this incline and they're going to start breathing heavy. Okay. And what I want you to do is basically around the mile mark when you'll be, you know, kind of halfway up the hill or a third of the way up the hill, that's when you should start having that breath point that we talked about. Right. Like, like so that threshold, that threshold breath point, you should hit that on the hill. I don't want you to worry about pace at this point. Okay. It should okay. just all be effort based. All right. So you'll be going up the hill. You're going to shorten your stride. Okay. So quick feet up the hill. And you're going to have that breath point that we talked about. Not, you know, not huffing and puffing, but, you know, kind of getting close to slightly breathing hard, a couple words here and there, but not killing yourself. Okay. okay. So you're going to run. So that might mean seven fifteen pace or something. Again, I don't want you worrying about it in, in the moment, but after the fact, you might look at your pace and see seven fifteen, seven twenty, something like okay. that. That wouldn't be surprising. Okay. And that wouldn't be a negative. We want to view this as effort-based, not time-based. Okay. Okay. So got it so far. Everything sound normal. Yeah. Yeah. This sounds good right here. Okay. So then at the mile and a half mark to two mile mark, that's when the hill's going to stop. And then it will be an equally sloped decline. Okay. On this decline, I want you to take advantage of this. Okay. I, again, I don't want you huffing and puffing, but I want you to drop your hands Lean forward a little bit so you're not heel striking. Again, so you're going to be going down this hill fast. Okay. But not, but doing it in a comfortable way. What I don't want to have happen is that you go down sloppy down the hill and then all of a sudden, you know, you kind of start banging your legs in a way that's going to make them tired later. I want you to think about that comfortable feeling when you do strides, right? Yeah, okay, it, yeah, yeah. It feels like you have, like, where it feels like you have perfect form. Right, you're running on your toes, you're feeling good. Right? I want you to feel that way going down the hill. I don't want you to feel like the brakes are on. So I don't want you pushing it like you're like you're sprinting, but I want you to kind of let gravity take you down the hill at a naturally swift pace. And I don't want you stepping on the brakes because I don't want you to start, you know, I don't want any, you know, any basically I don't want your legs getting beat up going down that hill. Because there can be a lot of running left to do. And that's about a mile, mile down? No, it won't be. Mm-hmm. It's going to be about a third of a mile or it's so. Third of, oh, that's not bad. Okay. A third to a half. So really going to be talking about three minutes of running here. About three. So okay. just let gravity take you down and make sure you're not banging your heels into the hill. So just focus on your stride and then just kind of go down swiftly. Okay. So that will basically be the first two miles or so of the race. So the idea is to not go out too hard hit that threshold pace going up the hill and then take advantage of the downhill in a way that's good for your body. Gotcha. That makes sense. Okay. Then we have a really long flat seven miles <laughs> you know, in front of you. So at that point you're really can just 
you know, that, that, that middle part of the race, it's all just going to be about finding a really nice rhythm. All right. Just so you're just comfortable. Yeah. Just focusing on your breath, allowing the run to come to you and just saying like, okay, I'm going to run the next 45, 50 minutes or so at this pace and not getting too competitive with the people around you. And just kind of like living in that moment of like, all right, I'm feeling good. We're all in this together and just having that happy mindset in that, in that situation. Okay. Yeah, this should be, right those should be really comfortable miles for you. Okay. Um, when you get to around the mile seven or so, it should be at that point, you'll probably start feeling a little bit of tightness, maybe some lactic acid starting to build because at that point you'll be you know, closing in on, you know, 45 minutes or so of running at a good pace. Okay. But you, at this point, you should have some good energy left because what I want to do is that last hill is going to be where you're going to, where you're going to eat. That's where you're going to eat. Okay. Okay. Because people are going to come to this hill around mile eight and a half or so. And they're going to be viewing that as I just want to get through this. I want you to view it as this is where the race starts for me. Okay. Eight, eight and a half right there. Yeah. Cause this is where, okay. The road's going to tilt up and that's when people are going to start really like, Oh goodness. All right. I don't want to, you know, I've been working hard here and now like they're going to, you're going to see people in front of you that went out too fast or maybe, you know, got too comfortable in that seven mile stretch. And all of a sudden, especially if they haven't done the race before, they're, they're not ready for the hill or they're dreading the hill. I want you to be excited for the hill. Because yeah. that's where you're going to collect bodies. That's where you're going to start passing people. I like it. Okay. I don't want you worrying about passing people at any point in this race up until that point. All right. You're just running your own race. But that last mile and a half, I want you to be competitive. Okay. Yep. I want at that point, threshold pace, all that stuff goes out the window. All right. That's when it's just all effort, heart, and grit. Now, let me back up real quick question. That long, flat stretch that maintaining threshold pace through there, that's where I want to be. That's exactly right. Okay. Then that's after, exactly okay. Right. So if you end up looking down at your watch, you're probably going to see splits in and around 640 to 645, I'm guessing. Um, I would say this. I have no problem with you looking down at your watch if, if it beeps at you at, a, at certain miles. Okay. If you're, you know, if you're really managing your breath well, at that comfortable, at the, like that comfortably uncomfortable spot. Okay. I don't want you worrying about it being too slow. So say it's at like the seven minute mark for pace. I don't want you to say like, Oh, I need to speed up here. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I would, I want, I want you more worried about the opposite, especially, especially between miles, especially between miles, say three and six. If you look down and you see six twenty five, got to slow back off back. a little bit. Okay, maybe you're just a little too amped coming off that downhill and, you know, you're just kind of rolling. I think, again, if, if, if you're running 625s and you're feeling good at mile seven, great. No worries. But if you're doing it at mile four, let's just temper it a little bit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then going up that hill at mile eight and a half, roughly, you know, shorten the stride, almost like you're like riding a bike on first gear. All right, short, quick, mm-hmm. short, quick feet, and you can't just, just go up that hill again. I don't want you worried about your breath at that point. I want you just to go hard. 
Just go for it. Because after that hill, it's going to be a downhill to the finish. Oh. Oh, that makes sense. So downhill, yeah. with a, and then it will flatten out near the finish line. Okay. okay. So going uphill, I just want you to go. Just right? go. I want you to spot then... people and take them down. Yeah. Yeah, we can definitely do that. You'll get to the top. You'll be breathing heavy. Okay. At that point, try not to relax and say, I need to catch my breath. You'll catch your breath on the downhill. The first part of the downhill, you're going to be breathing heavy. I just want you to remember to lean forward, drop your hands, not your arms, your hands, so that your chest can move forward. Mm -hmm. And I want you to imagine that you always had the same relationship to the ground in terms of like your body posture. Okay. So if you're going downhill, so, so your, your downhill posture should mimic your flat ground posture. Okay. So say you're, so, so if you picture yourself running downhill, so you like, say a topographical map from the side where you can see like, it's like the stock market going up and down. Yeah. Yeah. You can see Seth Baird running downhill. You would be the center of your body going straight should parallel the ground. Should parallel the ground. All right. So you should okay. be moving, leaning forward, not leaning back. Yeah. Because if okay. you're leaning back and your heel striking, first of all, you're going to be going slower. Second of all, you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt your. I've had IT band issues doing stuff like that. You're going. Your quads are going to start burning. I want you to lean forward so that your you know, so that your momentum, your like midsection momentum, is parallel with that downhill. Okay. Yeah. So like, if you had yeah. an arrow sticking out of your belly, it would parallel the ground be right in line with it so if you lean back that arrow would be kind of pointing up in the air all right i want you yeah. to kind of picture that as you're going downhill that way it will allow you to have the best possible form which would be again you're going to be four foot striking down the hill not heel striking going down swiftly and as you progress down the hill you probably speed up more and more as your breath starts to return but still at this point really not dialing into the watch the no just just run exactly as soon as you hit that second hill with eight and a half with a mile and a half left to go the 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 watch is meaningless it's just just about working hard fighting through it it's going to be painful it's going to be you're going to be in some just that hill just just work through it you're going to be able to kind of work different muscles on the downhill you'll be able to catch your breath a little bit on the downhill but again keep picking people off because some people are going to use that downhill to recover I don't want you to recover down that downhill. You know, we saved you for that. We saved you for this part of the race. You're ready to take advantage of it. Mm. You know what I mean? This will help with like negative split kind of thing. Towards the end, we're just progressively just getting quicker, hopefully. In in a way, in a way, for sure. Um, You know, so I think you really want to take that because what you're going to do is you're going to run down that hill super hard. It will probably be six minute pace, roughly, going down that hill. And then once it levels off, it's just you give everything you got for sure. So going down the hill, again, you'll be giving everything you have. But I just want to make sure that you don't lose your form. Okay. So going down the hill, you're going as hard as you can, but not compromising your form to do it. Okay. And then once you come off the hill, you just make it happen. (laughs) You're going to see that finish line soon. And you just say, hey, I'm I'm not going to be caught. Or I'm going to go catch people. Whatever, whatever motivates you more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's up it. to you. Yeah. That's the one thing. Last year with the 
last two races that I did enjoy a lot. It hurt a lot, but that last little bit is always fun. Yes, because here's what you don't want to do, is that you don't want to finish the race thinking or regretting that you got the 99% mark and then didn't give that last 1%. Okay? You don't want to feel that way. Because you're going to have a point or multiple points, but probably a big one near the end, especially coming off that downhill where you're going to have that moment of how hard am I going to go? How bad do I want this? And everyone approaches that question differently. Um, But I know this, the pain that you may feel coming down that last finishing stretch is nothing compared to the pain of regret you'll feel if you don't just go all out. Leave it on the field. Leave it on the field. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what's the weather supposed to look like for you guys down there? Honestly, I've been spooked to check it even because we got affected a little bit by that cold spell. Nothing like what's going on um, north, northeast and all that. Um, but for, for the south, it was definitely chilly. Um, I think we're looking at hopefully around low 40s, something like that start time. All right, um, I'm going to – yeah. Let me look it up right now while you're talking um, just so we can make sure – if it's if it's low 40s, then, oh, goodness, that's, that's, I mean, that's ideal. There's been, there's been meta-analyses on marathons. Um, the, I think the U.S. Army did it several years back where they just looked at marathon race times in relation to temperature. And it was mm-hmm. just a meta-analysis to gain the best idea of what's the most ideal weather – for long distance efforts and they use marathon as the benchmark so what time is the race again starts at 7 45 okay so yeah it's going to be 40 degrees with no wind oh, so at the start so so during your warm-up it's gonna be about 35 during the race it's gonna hit 40 okay so i know you're you're a fan of the shorts right i actually have the cold gear leggings pulled out um, okay right now it's just I've never ran a race this early in the year, so mm-hmm. a couple of things are laid out in the bed. I'm not sure what to go with. Okay, so do you have – so t- tell me about your legs. Are there different thicknesses? Do you have some that are maybe warmer than others? I have some Under Armour ones from way back when that are, like, super thick. I mean, like, the first one they came out with. Yeah. Um, and then my wife got me a new pair that I've been running in, some white ones that are cold gear, but they're much thinner, so much more comfortable to wear. So I was thinking about doing those ones. What was the temperature like on Tuesday when you did the mile repeats? Tuesday. God, I'd have to look to to know for sure. I feel like what did I wear on Tuesday? That was the track. I had a cold gear top, t-shirt over it, shorts, and running shoes. So no leggings. And that was roughly the same temperature that we're talking about tomorrow, if not a little colder. Yeah, yeah, it was a little bit chillier then. Okay, so if you wore shorts that day, you should definitely wear shorts tomorrow. To if you, okay. If you want to warm up with some sweatpants over them, no worries. You don't want to be you don't want to be have your teeth chattering going to the starting line. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. So if you want to warm up in warmer gear and then put it in the car right before the race, that's cool. Uh, you might want to have a thin pair of gloves. Then maybe even you start the race with, and you can just run with them in your hands. Okay, yeah, it's definitely my hands go fast. It's okay. That's always an issue. Okay. Yeah. So those are the ones, usually hands are the, th- the first thing that gets cold, but there's also, you know, 
storing gloves is also super easy. So there's really no harm in having a thin pair of gloves on just in case, okay. you know, and then, and then you can just deal with them with the race. If you want to put it back on, no big issue. Again, see if they're easy to store on your body as well, or you can just carry them. You know, if you have those thin wool gloves, those are easy to carry during a run. Yeah. So I think I can just carry these ones. Yeah. Those, that, that's great. So I think th- that means the weather's going to be perfect. It's going to be absolutely perfect. You don't want to overdress. Uh, but if you're comfortable with the clothing you, you wore the other day, then I think that's what you want to wear again, the same exact type of stuff, and maybe warm up in a little bit warmer gear. Okay. Yeah, I can definitely do that. Yeah, that works out good. I think I actually wore – I might do a cutoff over it instead of sleeves just because I feel like things kind of get in the way. Yeah, I don't over, think it's going to matter. Your top. I think from a temperature standpoint, it wouldn't matter either way. So whatever, okay. whatever's, okay. whatever's your whatever's your jam. Um, gotcha. From a warm-up perspective, I you know doing say a mile and a half, two miles, very low key, nice and easy. Um, about ten minutes before the race, do a couple strides, two or three, just okay. so that your lungs are ready to go. Uh, again, we're the whole idea here is not going out too quick. So I almost want you to view the first half mile as like a harder warm up. Just a okay, okay. So, I mean, I, I definitely want you ready to go. It's not as if we're not going to warm up, but you're not shooting out the start gate. How far ahead of time? Like, trying to figure out timing-wise, I've never warmed up before a race. Mm-hmm. So, are we talking, like, wake up at the house early, get the miles in, drive down, strides, then race? Or I, I would say, considering what we're talking about here, I think start your little warm-up around half an hour before the race starts. Okay. Okay, so you do so you, so you get loose with a nice easy two miles. Okay, then you kind of make sure that you, you get a lay of the land. You know what, exactly how, what the start line looks like. Okay, you, you get a couple strides in. What you, what's nice to do is you want to get your strides in if you can, um, at the starting line, so that you get a nice feel for the opening downhill, so it doesn't catch you by surprise. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. So if you can do it in that area, great. So that way it's not a surprise to you. You're ready to go. And then again, find your way back into the, the pack around the 100 to 125 person mark so that you don't go out too quick. Cause like, so you don't want everyone around you pushing you forward. Mm-hmm. That still might happen. Okay. So just be, I mean, I did this at a race. I did a 5K last year where I put myself farther back than I normally would with this idea of, I don't want to go out too fast. It was a downhill start. I went out. I'm like, I am barely moving. This is how I felt at the time. I'm like <laughs> I'm barely moving Yeah. and yeah. people are passing me on both sides. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going out so slow, but I was committed at this point. I was like, all right, I'm going to stick yeah. with it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to check my watch at the quarter mile mark. And then the half mile mark, I had figured out ahead of time exactly where they were. It wasn't even GPS dependent. I knew exactly where they were. I looked down at the quarter mile mark. I ran it in 90 seconds. And I thought, I was, and I thought I was walking. It's because, <sighs> it's because the energy of a starting line, and especially if you're a fresh legs, it just is just going to feel different. Yeah, just overwhelms you. So you're ready to go. So you just got to, again, it's not going to kill you if you go out too fast. But we don't want to do it. Okay, I don't want you to feel like, oh, the race is over. I went out too fast. Like, you know, it's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be fine. But in order to maximize your race, let's just ease it up a little bit off the start. Um, and then, again, hit threshold, threshold breathing up the hill. 
threshold up. Threshold up, comfortably fast, coming down the hill. Again, working with gravity, not fighting against it. Mm-hmm. Okay, just working, but just making sure that we don't have compromised form. And then, you know, settle into that threshold pace during the, the next seven miles. That two, two to seven window, two to eight, right around there. And yep. then. Yep, that's exactly right. You're going to be right around 645 pace that whole time with that eye of, hey, man, this is all just a tempo run until the eight mile mark. And then it's a race. Then it's a race. Yep. Sound good. I like it. I like it. Now, I did have a question. So I've never done the goose. I do like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've stolen my daughter's applesauce packets from her. <laughs> my long run. My and kids have been, the same ones. Yeah, I know exactly yeah. what you mean. It's been great. And so like, I'm hesitant to do anything other than that. Um, I get severe cramping. So I have done better off long runs when I do get something in. And what I have been doing is if I'm doing a long run at five or six mile mark, I'm getting something in. And it's made a world of difference for me. But I've never tried that in a race style workout or any of that. Mm-hmm. So I want to bring something as far as timing it wise. I'm going to do that for a 10 mile. Um, so when you say cramping, what exactly are you referring to? Where are I you get, cramping? No, it's not during the race. It's after the race. So oh, I have that issue where like, okay. I mean, I have severe stomach cramping. I have to lay down for two hours. It's can't visit with family. And, but since I've been doing a little bit of applesauce packets, I've actually had so much more energy while running. Mm -hmm. And so I think I'm just literally burning through everything in me so fast. Um, So I'm tempted to try that during this one at some point. Right. So you've done it in the past. So I'm not, I'm not opposed to doing it. So this race is going to take you roughly 67 minutes to run. Yeah. So you don't need extra energy. Okay. In terms of in terms of having the highest quality race that you can, you don't need to consume water. You don't need to consume any fuel. Okay. This is you 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 have it all in you. There's no gotcha. need for it. Okay. If okay. however you've had these ex, you know these other circumstances that make you want to have it and you're just going to feel more comfortable if you do and you've tried it, it hasn't negatively affected you while running then hey, then that's fine. So that basically what's happening is, is that it's the sugar from the packet that's giving you that extra burst. Mm-hmm. So if you want to have it around mile four. Kind of right before. Yeah, because you're going to want, yeah, it's going to take about 10 to 20 minutes to really settle in. Okay. So like having it at mile eight would be useless. Yeah, it, at that it, point. It would hit, it would hit after the finish line. Okay, so if you want to do that, fine. But I don't think you I don't want you to think that you need it for race performance because you don't. You're going to be just fine without any without consuming anything because the race is so short. Water stops. I should be good there. You should be just fine because, you know, you're not going to be. Given the temperature, it's not going to be an issue. It just isn't. Okay. yeah. Um, Is this you know, if, if this was. A 75 degree day. If you're running, if you're running the, the Charlotte 10 miler in July, we'd have a completely different conversation. But you're running in 40 degree weather. You're going to be just fine. No worries. Okay, that feels better. That feels good. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited to see you. I'm excited to see you put it down, Seth. I know you're ready for it. Again, the last thing is hopefully the hip 
I, you know, this is this mysterious hip injury that popped up today. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, a little disconcerting. <laughs> um, but again, you're ready to roll. Your legs are ready. Um, you've, you, you're really fit. And again, this is just going to be the starting point for the rest of the year. But I think you have a really good race ahead of you. Awesome. I'm excited. I'm excited. And thank you, I mean, for coming on this last. I mean, we've only had, what, two weeks to kind of. Yeah, basically have been two and a half weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So even this has made me feel worlds better than what I was doing before. Um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to see how things go and moving forward with it. Yep. Well, you should have a lot of confidence. You put in some. You- some really good workouts the past two weeks you did some really good workouts before we started getting together um and uh yeah you you're 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 absolutely ready for this no doubt about it awesome i certainly appreciate it all right um all right well we'll we'll catch up after the race yep sounds good i'll let you know all right thanks so all right bye all right so that was my pre-race conversation with seth and i am so excited to report that he absolutely killed it in this race. So Seth, he stuck to the plan 100%. He ended up running a 108 in the uh, in the race, and he just did great. He did great. He finished top three in his age group. He ran. He broke into the top 50 uh, overall in the race. He hit the hit the plan exactly right. So his first mile was around 7:15. And then he just kept going uh, down and down and down. Spent a lot of time in the high 630s, low 640s. And then as he put it, he was not looking forward to that last hill. But once he got there, he just tried to take it over. He did just that. And then I swear to God, we talked we talked about in this episode how like you really have to work hard to kind of get over that last 1%, right? Like, so you don't have any regrets after the race. So Seth, was, he was coming down the finishing straight and he sees his wife sitting there at the finish line. She's cheering him on and he starts, I, I couldn't believe it. I saw, I saw this video and I wanted to kill him, you know, in the most positive way. I love Seth, but he starts posing for the camera, coming down the finishing shoot, and then almost gets past and then kind of puts it into high gear takes his place back, finishes strong, and uh, he just had a wonderful race. It was funny. So he ran a 5K in the fall and ran 20.30 in the 5K, averaged uh, 6.38 per mile. And basically, if you took a three-mile stretch of this race, of this 10-miler, he would have beaten that 5K in the middle of the 10-miler. So he's got big things ahead. He's got several races this spring that he signed up for uh, about a month or two ago. And we're going to go through that gauntlet. Uh, I think the next one is a half marathon on March 20th. And then we'll have a marathon in the fall. And I couldn't be more excited for Seth. He's got big things coming his way. He's so energetic, excitable, positive, and just a great person to know. Uh, his, uh, His Instagram handle will be in the show notes. I definitely would advise you to follow him. He's just such such a great guy. I, I'm just privileged to know him and to work with him. Uh, I really am. So I'm part of the Lowell Running Company coaching group. If you go to lowellrunning.com, that's L-O-W-E-L-L, you can get uh, into that coaching service. Uh, it's uh, I'm just privileged to be part of it. It was started by Ruben Sansa, who's uh, an Olympic marathoner. Nate Jenkins was finished seventh in the um, Olympic, I'm sorry, in the American uh, Olympic trials in the marathon uh, a few years ago. Nate Chisholm's part of the group, Kevin Beck, uh, and myself. I uh, just really 
really fortunate to be part of this group. If you want to be coached by me or by anyone else in that group, again, go to lolrunning.com and Ruben will set you up with who is the best fit for you or you can choose the coach that you think is the best fit for yourself. So thanks again for listening to, to the show. I really appreciate it. And again, like I said in the intro, if there's uh, any demand for me to continue doing this, I would certainly love to. And again, thank you so much for listening and happy running.